all around Joe podcast. We optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all around self-improvement joke. On this edition of the All Around Joe podcast, we are talking about mental toughness during your workouts. Now, there's been a lot of talk about mental toughness in general, but we're going to dig into mental toughness when you're in the middle of a workout and how you're going to grind through it or push through it or sprint at the end, what you're thinking about, how you can overcome it, and how you can get the best possible outcome or score on your workout. This can be something that is tough to really grasp, but I'm going to go into exactly how I deal with it and how I think you can deal with it as well, especially if you have trouble pushing through that pain zone and really sprinting at the end of your workouts in order to get your body the next level. Before we hop right into this podcast, this one is brought to you by the Get Better Project. All right, the Get Better Project is my premium at-home training program that has workouts every day with the exception of Sundays for full gym or zero gym equipment or everything in between. So there's actually a full gym workout with strength program. There's a bodyweight workout and there's a kettlebell slash dumbbell workout. All of these that are posted each day and that have scaled versions for you as well. Oh, did I mention there's videos for each of them so that you can see what the movement should be looking like. And there's a component of nutrition coaching where I'd review your nutrition each week to make sure that you're going to hit your goals. So if you're interested in that, go to the getbetterproject.com and click on programs. And I wanted to mention that this last week when we released our free workout Wednesday from the Get Better Project, there may have been an incentive to get a 50% off your first month there. So if you're interested in that, go hunt down the workout Wednesday for this last week and see if you can get yourself a free 50% off the first month of the program. All right, guys. Mental toughness during the workouts. Now, this question actually popped up from athlete named Jerry, who sent me a message on my All Around Joe Facebook page. And you guys should feel free to do the same. If you have any questions, shoot me an, a message on Facebook. You just go to facebook.com slash Joe. It's super simple. And I'm happy to help you out with any questions that you might have. And Jerry asked, how we should approach or address mental toughness during your workouts. And I thought it was brilliant because this is something that gets talked about a lot in gyms, but I hadn't really done a podcast specifically on the mental toughness or the grind to get yourself a really good score during a workout. Now, the examples that we're going to use in this particular podcast are from the CrossFit Open because the CrossFit Open just happened and it's going to happen actually again in the fall. But it's also a really good time when you're gonna maximum you're gonna maximally test your efforts. So getting into what maximal effort is, I want to start off with high intensity, which is part of the CrossFit training principle, versus maximal intensity. Now, Ben Bergeron did a really cool podcast on this, so I want to give him props on that. 
But the maximal versus high intensity discussion is one that has actually been bounced around quite a bit over the last few years, mostly in the form of people talking about how the best athletes in the world are always going at like 80 to 90%. And then us mere mortals are trying to keep up by going maximal. But here's the, the kicker is that it's not always the best to go maximal. And in our normal CrossFit gyms, they're always saying, go hard, go hard, go hard. And there's a lot of people that are preaching, go hard as you can, but it's not going to be the most sustainable or get you the best results to do that. Your body is, it can't go full 100% all the time. So you're going to have to take the time to listen to your body and know when you should be going at high intensity, which is going to get you fantastic results versus maximal intensity, which is the time that you're going to totally burn out to do a workout that you've planned, a a competition workout, or like the CrossFit Open. That's when you're going to go maximal. Now, I believe that the times that you should train at maximal intensity are probably going to be about once per week. And then the rest of the workouts, you're going to be either going at that 80 to 90% or even lower depending on how you feel. There are going to be some days that you're just practicing more than you are going for that really high intensity or that high intensity is different on one day to the next. So there's a bunch of different things that are going to come into play with this, but I just really want to bring home that every single workout in the gym should not be maximal intensity for your body. That is a clear way to burn out, and it, it's really hard to coach that actually because you'll get these athletes, number one, the majority of people that I work with that start my program don't know what high intensity is. So they'll come in and they'll see a workout and the workout will be like 10 minutes. They'll say it's a 10 minute AMRAP and they'll, they'll do the workout, but they'll do it at such a leisurely pace that they're like, oh, that was too easy. And an example is like someone, let's say we program Fran, which is 21.15.9 of thrusters at 95 and 65 and pull-ups, regular pull-ups. To somebody that does not do that at a high intensity, let's say you hop up on the bar, you do five or 10 pull-ups, you know, you rest a little bit, hop up again, do another five or 10, you know, so you're doing your first set in like three or your first 21 in like three sets and then, and so on. So that workout is, you're going to complete it. And let's say it takes you 10 minutes. Your intensity is not going to be all that high, probably depending on how good you are at those particular movements. We, the, someone could be saying, oh, well, I'm just not that good at those movements. So my intensity was high to do five to 10 reps on that. And then in that case, we talk about scaling. So that workout is designed to be done unbroken. So you're going to do 21, 15, nine unbroken or very close to unbroken for the stimulus to be correct. So maximal of two sets per round and completely burning out with proper technique. So the person that does it and does 10 minutes and kind of takes their time is going to be like, well, what's next, you know? And I get that a lot. They're like, well, I did like all of the workouts that you programmed for the day. And the, the workouts are programmed and designed to be done one of them. If anything, you're doing like a strength piece and then the conditioning piece. And that's it. You're not doing, you know, the full gym workout, the body weight workout and the kettlebell workout. They're all designed for have the same stimulus. So I get people that do that and it's, <laughs> it makes me 
it makes me laugh, but at the same time, I'm a little bit concerned because they don't have the right objective because the high intensity that we're looking for, that 80 to 90% range is where the goods are. All right. So if you did that same Fran workout and let's say you did it in five minutes instead and you like really busted your butt to do it with proper technique, you're going to get way better results. Did both people do the workout? They did. But the one that did it faster with higher intensity is going to give themselves more results. Their body is going to be switched into a, a place where it's going to have to or try to adapt to what you just did to it, to that increased intensity. And that's where all the, like I said, the magic happens. So it's really important to distinguish between those two things. And then the maximal intensity is where the person's been doing the program for a little while and they've learned what high intensity is. But then they've also learned that they can beat people or they get better scores if they go to maximal intensity on all of their workouts. And then they, you know, pull a muscle or they get tendonitis or something like that. And then CrossFit is makes people injured. And we also see that. It's really hard to coach these this thing, but I, I'm glad that you guys are listening to this so that or or watching this so that you can kind of think about where your maximal and high intensity limits are so that you know where you should be training. Then that CrossFit, hopefully that CrossFit athlete, you, determines that, all right, I can't go maximal intensity all the time, so I have to be smart about it and know when to bring in the maximal intensity as a strategy versus the high intensity. And hopefully, hopefully, or like for the people that are very competitive and get to do this professionally, they get to the point where the high intensity is usually better than everybody else, significantly better than everybody else. Their body is just adapted to that point. And then they only have to go maximal intensity in, let's say, the CrossFit Open, which is what our next example is going to be about. So if you're entering something like the CrossFit Open, you don't necessarily know if your score is good or bad until everybody has entered their scores in because everybody waits until the last minute to enter the scores so that you don't know what they've they've got. Because of that, you have to give 100% on those particular workouts. And if you're not familiar with the CrossFit Open, what it is is five weeks, one workout per week where you have from Thursday night until Monday night to do your maximal or best effort on the particular workout. You can do as many times as you want to and submit your best score. Ideally, you only have to do it once because you know that you've done absolutely all you can. And here's what we're going to get into. We're going to use the example of CrossFit Workout 19.1. And the reason we're going to use this as an example is because it's two movements that when done properly with an athlete that has been training for enough time to get themselves a big enough engine and good enough at the skills, they're probably not going to need to stop either of the movements unless they went out too fast early on or they just mentally were not tough enough to hold on. Okay. And if that's you, I'm sorry. Either you need more conditioning or whatnot. You should join the program. You should hire me as my coach, as your coach. And I can help you to get to that point where you have, you can do a workout like this unbroken. So here's the thing. The workout is 15 minutes of 
19 wall ball shots. So wall ball shot is a squat, throwing a wall ball up to a 10 or an 8-foot target, depending on if you're a man or a woman, and a 20-pound wall ball or a 14-pound wall ball, depending on if you're a man or a woman, and then 19 calories on the concept to rower. So 15 minutes, 19 wall balls, 19 calories on the rower, get as many rounds and reps as possible. All right, so here's how this workout broke breaks down and how I think that you can attack this workout and how you should think about it, including we're going to get into the energy systems so that you can see or know what you're dealing with. The first one to five minutes, assuming that you didn't go out like a bat out of hell, are going to feel pretty darn good. You should have an idea for your rowing pace and then assume that your wall balls are going to be either unbroken or with incredibly fast turnaround times with drop and reset. Okay, so we're talking like you don't move your feet, you drop the wall ball in between your feet and you're already picking it up after taking like one breath. All right, that's, that's the only way that we're going to really make this thing work the way that it should. And for those one to five minutes, you're hitting your pace time. So let's say it's like 1,200... Uh, 1200 calories per hour, I believe is the reading on the, the rower and, you know, wall balls unbroken, your rower's really close to your wall ball. So you just stand up, turn around, do your wall ball shot. And there's really very little rest with the exception of when you're trying to slide your feet into your rower straps. And when you're doing that, the rower straps should be set. So you don't tighten them each time you are just sliding them in and pulling with a loose rower strap. So you have all of these advantages so that you can get the fastest score or the most rounds reps as possible. One to five minutes, you're feeling pretty good. And then you shift to the five to 10 minutes. And this is where the mental toughness part during a workout starts to come into play. This is where your body is going to start to not feel so good. Your mind is going to tell you that you should take a rest, but this is the time when you have to stick to your plan. You've been training for months or years up to this point. You know that that 1200 calorie per hour pace is where you want to be. It's what you're, where you're going to get your goal. So even though you don't feel good, you just need to hold to that plan. There are some exceptions where you set your your goal a little bit too high and you do have to scale back, but you, you need to differentiate between this is my mind telling me that I need to go back into comfort zone versus what my body is actually capable of, all right? And that just comes with practice. You have to get in there and you have to try these particular things. You have to actually, what we call blow up during a workout and know, oh, that was a little too hard. I couldn't sustain that. So during this five to 10 minute period in the workout, you're, you're going to overcome your mind wanting to go back into its comfort zone and you're just going to stick with it. You're going to allow your body to hurt and that's okay. It's not going to fail. It's just going to hurt for a while. And if you do happen to blow up, then you can try it again at a little bit lower pace, or maybe you get better sleep the night before, or, you know, something like that comes into play. But you need to stick to the plan there, even though your body is feeling like it's not going to 
well, it doesn't usually feel like it's not going to make it. It feels like you don't want to be there. That's what it feels like in this particular point in the workout. Then you get to what I'm going to call the 10 to 13 minute mark. And you, at this particular point, you're just trying to hold on the best you can. Okay. Your body, you're not sure how much longer it's going to last. You're still working your butt off to hold on to that 1200 calorie pace per hour. And then the wall balls do not feel good, but you know that you can do them, right? Like it's you body, everything's telling you to stop but you know you can keep going and you're looking at the clock is between 10 and 13 minutes and you're really just trying to hold on to about that 13 to 14 minute mark because you know in the back of your mind that no matter how hard a workout like this is hurting, you can push harder for that last one to two minutes, okay? Now, stepping back real quick, this is going to be different if the workout is a movement that is extremely hard for you, meaning like strict handstand push-ups that we saw or a really heavy clean, because at that point, you're managing a different energy system. You're not just mentally trying to push through it. It's not that. Um, That is just, you know, skill and time and gaining strength in order to accomplish that type of workout. This is something that you're not going to technically fail at your your body is in its endurance zone and you're having to push really hard most open works are like workouts are like this although they're trying to sneak up or sneak in these heavier weights which i think is fantastic because it just tests more fitness so getting back to the 10 to 13 minutes you're holding on because you know that your body can blitz for one to two minutes And you're going to know in the middle of the workout how soon you should hit that point where you're going to quote unquote black out and just go for it. The reason that you can do that is because of energy systems. So you have an energy system called phosphocreatine system, which lasts for about, let's say, 12 to 15 seconds. It's our explosive energy system. Your next energy system is the glycolytic or muscle glycogen system which is sugars in your muscle, and that lasts for about two to three minutes, depending on the athlete. And you can train to get into more or less of these energy systems working for you. Ideally, it's on the high side for most CrossFitters. You want to have a very high uh, glycolytic threshold there. Um, And that is why, or the system that you're going to get into in that very last part of the workout. Then you have the oxygen system. Now, this is a system that's, you know, always working. It burns the most fat, but it is not burning the most amount of calories. And it is the thing that will take you going forever and ever, right? I mean, I just watched a video of somebody doing a 200-mile ultramarathon, and they're obviously very good at using all of these energy systems, especially the oxygen. And then the glycogen comes in, let's say, if you're running up a hill, um, you know, that pops in there. So all of these three systems are working at the same time all the time. It's just different percentages of them are working at different times. And you're going to have to feel what it feels like in the middle of this pain cave at the end of the workout to know how long you can blitz or how much of this energy system you have left in order to pour everything into the workout without having to slow down or stop before that bell rings. You get this 
by trying it, you get it with experience. And we're going to talk about later about how to do that. But in this workout, 13 to 15 minutes, you're holding on, waiting for that particular time. I think it was for me about uh, 60 to 90 seconds when I knew, all right, I can pour it on right here and I'm going to make it to the end and give myself the opportunity to get the best score. So for me, that was, I started, I was rowing and I rode a little bit faster than my pace um, that I had set for the whole workout. Then I got to the wall balls, did them unbroken, and I knew I had one last row and maybe a few wall balls if I could really blitz. So my rower pace jumped up um, almost like 300 calories per hour higher than what it was before. And I just held on, pushed it as hard as I could. And then there was about 10 seconds left to turn around and do some wall balls at the very end. So I rolled off my rower, felt, you know, the complete surge of, of terribleness, got a few wall balls and rolled over onto the ground. But I knew, and I'm feeling as I'm rowing as hard as I can, I'm actually feeling pretty good because when you get into that energy system, you start to focus on your, your body starts to focus on burning sugar instead of oxygen as much. So although it's going to come back and smack you in the face, when you finish up, you're going to be feel completely out of breath and whatnot. There's a split second or, you know, 60 seconds where you're using this glycogen energy system and you're accumulating lactic acid and you're breathing hard, but you're feeling okay about it and you're moving really fast. So hopefully you can do that enough that you time it correctly. And that's why they call it like this blackout zone. It's like this point where your body just starts to go into a different energy system. Sometimes people, you know, it's a different feeling. Your mind kind of shuts off. It's all focused on work. Your body is in its fight or flight stage in order to get the work done. And that's another reason why it's not great to do this all the time because that's not always healthy for you to be in fight or flight all the time. But it's why, you know, CrossFitters will burn out if they're not careful with how they're working out. So zero to five minutes, you should be feeling pretty good hitting your paces. Five to 10 is getting uncomfortable, but you're going to let, you're going to keep yourself holding on to your paces, even though your mind is telling you that your body wants to be more comfortable. Then the 10 to 13 minute, you're holding on to that point where you know you can push it to your maximal effort. And then in that one to two minute phase, you push to your maximal effort, you go into blackout zone and you know that it's okay to not even be able to stand when you're done with that. And that's where it is. And you have to practice it. It's not always easy, but you'll know when you get to that particular point, it's very apparent that you've given all. All right. One more tip there to get the maximal effort out of a workout like this. You don't stop doing reps when you decide that the clock hits zero. You stop doing reps after the clock has gone over the point and your judge tells you to stop because you never know if you'll get one extra rep. And even in a workout like 19.1, if you get one extra rep, it could move you 50, 100 spots up the leaderboard. All right. 
So always continue going. At this particular workout, I think I got four reps on the wall balls at the end, but I did five of them. And before my judge said, you're done, stop. Just wait for them to tell you you're done, stop, because they will. Maybe you do two extra reps, and that's fine. It's not going to hurt you any to do two extra reps. And I see so many times that people don't think they're going to be able to do an extra rep, and they stop, and they could have gotten an extra one or two in. So don't do that. Make sure that you continue going through the bell to get yourself the best possible score. So that's how that particular workout, which is a great example of how to push into the mental toughness zone and get extra, extra reps or a better score than you would have if you're listening to what your brain and your body wants to actually do at that particular time. So the laser focus during that last effort is something that you should practice, but you don't want to practice too often. You're going to practice it during the open workouts. You're going to practice if you're in a CrossFit competition. But otherwise, you probably should try and only practice it about once per week. And you can try to schedule this, but sometimes our bodies don't go off of our particular schedule. So like, let's say that you train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you take Thursday off and you go Friday and Saturday, take Sunday off. Ideally, that Friday... Or Monday would be the day after a rest day that you would want to try and do some maximal effort stuff. But maybe your body just didn't recover right and you can't do it. And that's fine. And sometimes it might be like a Tuesday. You're just in the middle of a workout and you know that this is a day that you're feeling extra good. So you push it to that maximal effort there. And that's fine as well. But what I'm saying is you have to be very intuitive and think about what your body is doing. Sometimes it can help to keep a, a workout journal. So after the workout, you actually write down, all right, that was 80%, that was 90%, that one I maxed out on, um, and then put notes as to like why and how it felt. Doing that will help you to get data for future workouts and know how hard and when you should be pushing to these high-intensity versus maximal efforts. I can't stress enough, though, that you have to be able to have enough of that mental fortitude to try going to your ends, right? We've all, well, if you've been doing this long enough, you should have gotten to the point in all kinds of different workouts where you quote unquote blow up. And blowing up is cool. There's nothing wrong with it, especially in training. It means that you've given maximal effort. You tried to go for something and you just didn't make it. And that will do a couple of things. It will help your body to adapt. It will. Um, as long as you don't do it too often so that you overstress your body and it doesn't recover fast enough and you end up getting these uh, overtraining type of injuries. Uh, but it will also give you the idea that the next time you're in a workout like that and you know what the feeling is, you can pace yourself a little bit more. And pacing is totally cool. It's all about just knowing where your body is and continuing to improve and knowing when to push and knowing when to pull back. And sometimes pulling back will end up being giving you the opportunity to give your maximal effort. So get in there, give it a shot and try these things. And I can't emphasize enough that you just want to be very cerebral. You want to think about what's going on in the workout, what your body is telling you, what your brain is telling you, how you're actually going to make the decision based off of what those things are. And then keeping notes to know how you did on that particular workout, what it felt like, all of that stuff. Um, I just use an Evernote training journal. Evernote's free, and I'll write down the workout if I know that it's something that I might see again, and I'll put notes on there. Uh, you know, I went too hard. I'll 
out of the gate on this one. If I would have pulled back, I might have been able to sustain longer and then go harder at the end and give myself a better opportunity or a better score. Or I just didn't go hard enough at all in this workout. I, I paced it too much. And by the end, I didn't have enough opportunity to increase and catch up to where I thought I should be. So keeping these particular uh, thoughts and notes about workouts is very beneficial. So if you want to continue excelling in the sport, that's what I recommend that you do. Lastly, ask questions if you have them. You know, use training partners to push yourself. Really be be thoughtful about when you use max effort versus high intensity. And if you're using high intensity, you know, you really need to know where 80 to 90% is. It feels like it's close to max effort, but it's not max effort. It's the difference between, all right, I got done with that workout and I'm needing to spend some time hands on my knees or sitting down for a little bit versus I'm flopping around like a fish and I have so much lactic acid built up in my body and I can't move. If somebody put a gun to my head and told me I have to leave the gym, I'm not going to be able to get up and get out of the gym. (laughs) That's the difference. So knowing that is probably the most important thing you can take from this and then trying out those particular intensity levels in that workout. And you could go ahead and try that 19.1 again if you've done it, thinking about what I said here. Because that is a, I feel like is a, is a great way and strategy for a lot of the open workouts. And you should be thinking about that. What's my goal? What's my pacing goal? You know, I'm going to get hit this point where it's going to feel really uncomfortable and I'm going to have to hold on to that pacing goal. And then at the end, I'm going to give my oppor- myself the opportunity to really just empty the tank. So there you have it, guys. I hope this was beneficial for you. Ask questions if you have them. I love answering the questions. Remember, this podcast is brought to you by the Get Better Project, my high-end at-home training program for people that have a full gym worth of equipment or just want to do a workout in the living room with zero equipment or you got some dumbbells, you know, all that stuff in between and you want me to be your coach, including nutrition, all that fun stuff. Just head over to the getbetterproject.com. And you get signed up today. There's even a free workout on or a free week of training on there. But I'm not sure how long I'm going to keep that going there. It might just be sign up only in the future. But that's at the getbetterproject.com. Click on programs and you'll see them. If you have any questions about all this stuff, let me know. Also, this podcast is free to subscribe to on iTunes or any of the podcast services that you use. And it is free to subscribe to my channel on YouTube if you're watching this. You can find all of that stuff at All Around Joe. And I hope that you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. The All Around Joe Podcast, we optimize your human performance for my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all around self improvement we